Welcome to Blake Street Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means. The other two are just along for the ride. Tyler, say what's up. Hey, guys. How we doing? Zach, say hi. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? We are joined by Zach Kikoska. Did I say it right? Yeah. Yep. That's the right. <laughs> I got nervous. We just talked about it. Uh, <laughs> Zach Kikoska, who was just drafted in the 2020 draft in the 10th round. Um, and he's just spending a what was it, Thursday evening with us going to talk ball and tell a story so welcome to the pod zach yeah um, awesome thanks for having me first question is where are you at what are you doing right now uh right now i'm back in my hometown in latrobe pennsylvania um just training at the local gyms and everything uh teaching some private lessons in my free time and uh just helping out the local community with the high school team and trying to train them a little bit you know and spread the culture kind of to this area are you like one of the few and f far between players to get drafted and be kind of a major leaguer guy, or is it kind of part of the pedig pedigree down there? Uh, like, is it is it normal for people yeah. to get picked up out of this? No, <laughs> let's, not let's put it that way. Yeah, it's it's very rare that anybody gets drafted anywhere out of here, especially baseball. It's not like a huge baseball hotbed or anything like that. Most of the talent out of here comes from, you know, uh, football and schools near Pittsburgh and everything like that. But, uh, yeah, there's not too much baseball talent around here. And I'm just trying to kind of, you know, change that narrative a little bit and teach, teach the kids at a young age, you know, to kind of develop themselves the right way and put them in a position that I'm in. I love to hear that. That's pretty cool. Like anytime we can get like the, the youth players playing baseball, talking ball is good. I saw a thing on Twitter tonight, like some dude held practice, I think it was for like a middle school team, like, and he asked how many of you know a player, and only two of them of like the 15 were able to actually name a baseball player. So you're doing, you're doing the dirty work right now. Like we need to change that narrative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love that. What's your favorite drill to do with the kids? Um, Honestly, I just like, you know, to just give them front toss and have them work on, you know, hitting line drives up the middle and the opposite center gap and just, you know, teaching them to take the right path to the ball. And a lot of kids, you know, at, at a young age, they just want to, you know, get in the cage and try to hit home runs and <laughs> pull it as hard as they can and everything. But I'm, I let them have a little bit of fun, but I just want to kind of try to teach them, you know, the professional approach at a young age and how to develop themselves the right way. Yeah, that's awesome. I love to hear that. Like, I mean, on that note, like one of the things that I read up about you is your character, your outstanding character, your high school accolades, your like honor roll all the way through college. Um, credit your dad as your biggest influence. Like that seems like a pretty like who you are type of deal when you say that kind of stuff. So I just and I I personally love hearing that kind of stuff. And it's just it's cool to have cool people good people out there so yeah that's that's for sure because you know uh I was helped out a lot and I had a bunch of uh great people and a great support system around me my whole life growing up and you know my dad was always there for me my grandparents and my family and my mom and everybody was always there for me and helped me out and now that I'm in a good position and everything I want to you know bring that back to those younger than me and kind of give them what I got and everything like that and show them and influence them to, you know, try to get to a point where they can chase their dreams and, 
you know, not think that they're just coming from a small town that they can't make it, you know, because uh, like I'm the wa- I'm a walking example of that. Where like you know, kids kids from our area don't usually go to, to professional baseball, but I kind of want to change that narrative and you know motivate them to go go after it. So for you, on that note, like was it always baseball growing up? Was that kind of a, or like when did that kind of settle in? Like, hey, I could you know, go play college ball, potentially pro ball. Yeah, uh, growing up, I played three sports, um, football, basketball, and baseball. Uh, I was pretty good at football, you know, when I was younger. Basketball, I was always average at, but uh, I always knew baseball was going to, you know, be my sport and be my ticket and everything because I played competitive travel ball ever since I was eight years old. So I was kind of set up to, you know, to want to get – be where I'm at in the future back then, if that makes sense. You know, I was, uh, I was always say like, in you know, elementary school uh, paragraphs and little writing assignments and everything that I want to be a major league baseball player. So I've always been kind of chasing that goal. And I guess I still am. Yeah. You're one step closer. That's for sure. Like how cool is that being drafted? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, Draft day was, you know, a roller coaster of emotions. And when I finally got my name called and everything, I was, I don't know, my my dad and I were hugging each other in tears. You know, it was an awesome experience. I'll never forget it. And, you know, I just I just couldn't be happier to be in the position that I'm at. What was that experience like with, you know, some of your teammates? I think two obviously Jordan Wicks was was drafted. I think you had another teammate drafted. What was that like, you know, experiencing it with with your program? Uh, as well as your family. Yeah. Um, so the other guys that got picked up were uh, Carson Seymour, I think, in the fifth round of the Mets. And then Eric Torres got picked up in the 14th round of the Angels. Um, be, that was an awesome experience, though. You know, that's the first time in a while where multiple Kansas State baseball players got picked up right. in the same draft. And, you know, watching Wicks go in the first round and everything, I couldn't be happier for him. I mean, that kid – works his butt off all the time and you know he's a gamer we all knew he was going to be in that position one day because he was just a stud ever since he was an incoming freshman and everything but um it was just an awesome day for all of us we were all texting each other congratulating each other and everything we're all over the country so we didn't get to celebrate yeah. together or anything but um it was awesome like i i wish that they could just keep playing in my head all the time because so many great emotions and it was just a really awesome day. Do you think playing with Jordan Wicks, like just having him on your team, do you think that benefited you like as a baseball player, like in scrimmages and stuff, having to face him, like as a, like left on left, like, do you think that that helped you out at all? Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's nasty. Like he's one, he's one of the best pitchers I've ever faced and, and everything. And, um, it's nice having, you know, a first rounder be like our Friday night starter and everything because, you know, the scouts are always there. They're going to have their eyes on him while he's pitching and then their eyes on us while we're hitting and everything. So, uh, yeah, it's great to have Wixie with us on the staff and everything. And I definitely developed and got better as a hitter facing him every day. How many times did you take me yard? <laughs> Once, actually. Let's my, go. Yeah. My, uh, <laughs> My sophomore year, he was a freshman. I think we were in preseason, uh, right before the season. It was like 
35 degrees out at Twin Family Stadium and he hung a slider and I put over left center field and everything. If he's listening to this, I know he's rolling his eye. But, uh, he's he, he struck me out a couple of times too. So we, we got each other a couple of times. Yeah, we'll, we'll just cut that part out. You took Wick's <laughs> yard. <laughs> yeah. No, that's pretty cool. Like there's, there's something about playing with competition and being with competition on your team and it just makes you like that much better. And you i'm sure like your your teammates right so you're pushing each other to go a little bit farther a little bit better so like that i love those stories the stories are awesome and like the fact that you were able to do that for so long together has like it paid off like it definitely helped right yeah and another great thing just about having a guy like wicks on your team like it just you see how hard he works you know and how much effort he puts in and extra work and effort in the weight room and how locked in he is and how much of a gamer he is that just motivates you you know to work even harder and be better and you know match the energy and just give that competitive atmosphere on the team you know to strive to be the best and everything so I think Wixie for that you know uh, I think we both motivate each other a little bit but he's a grinder he works real hard and I, I tried to model myself like that too. So aside from that what else in, in Manhattan that Kansas State really clicked for you and, and what really served you as a person and as, and as a baseball player to, you know, find improvement? Uh, yeah, I would definitely say uh, my coaches I had for Kansas State were great influences for me. Um, I came from Virginia Tech my freshman year, and uh, I wasn't really clicking with the coaching staff there. The development part wasn't really being given to us too much there. But uh, when we got out, to, when I got out to Kansas State, you know, coach, my coach Austin Waits, he was our hitting and outfield coach. He worked with me from day one and always believed in me and was always down to get some extra work in and help me out with any questions I had. And Coach Hughes was an awesome head coach just to, to motivate us every day and make practice and games super fun and, and uh, laid back and everything. So. We got after it real hard and we practiced and trained real hard, but it was just such a fun and an energetic environment every day that you just love showing up to the field. Yeah. That love of the game shows from top to bottom. Yeah. That's fun. Is that kind of what took you to K-State from VTech or like, what was that process like? So uh, I committed to Virginia Tech my junior year in high school. And the coaching staff that I committed to uh, got fired a month before I got on campus my freshman year. Yeah, so uh, the new staff came in and pretty much we all kind of had the idea that, you know, they weren't going to play any of us that aren't their recruits that they brought in. So uh, by the by the midseason, I was, you know, looking for different schools and uh, I was going to go to a JUCO and uh south florida but luckily the one coach i committed to ryan Connolly, originally at virginia tech he got the director of ops job at kansas state and um because they just got a whole new coaching staff there and uh they flew me out and offered me and got my waiver pass right away so i could play uh from going d1 to d1 right away and i was at k-state for three years and I, i loved it so I'm really glad that, you know, everything just turned out the way it did and I wouldn't change it. 
And I think they got a lot of benefit out of that too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a few years of insane production in college. So definitely yeah. worked out for all parties. <laughs> yeah, if we try our best, yeah. How much did you hate the nickname for Manhattan as the Little Apple? Oh, I love it. You do? <laughs> it's the best, yeah. <laughs> you get it? Like Manhattan, New York's Big yeah. Apple. Manhattan, it's, Kansas is Little Apple. <laughs> it is little. I remember yeah. I'm from Nebraska, so we – went to i went to manhattan for a concert like in college and first time in manhattan i'm driving like downtown manhattan and yeah. i see that little sign the little apple like <laughs> yep <laughs> i get it it's cute but like was uh, kansas <laughs> just kansas in kansas was i'm the a culty nebraska fan but yeah was the concert at the hat i think so i can't it's it's been a hot minute it might have you might have been like five when I was there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what's there. I know I know it was downtown, and I know it was. Um, I saw Motion City soundtrack. I don't know who their openers were, but it was definitely somewhere downtown. It was a cool little venue. Oh yeah, I mean, it's not like there's a ton to do in Manhattan, Kansas. <laughs> right. But uh, honestly, I would say like the people in Manhattan, Kansas, are the nicest people you'll you'll ever meet. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody there is so friendly, so so talkative. They just care about each other, and they're just all diehard Kansas State fans. And it's it's an awesome school to go to if you like that atmosphere. Were they into baseball? Like, were they like following you guys? Like with the new regimen? Like, were they showing out? Uh, yeah, yeah. They uh, yeah. got a good amount of fans for baseball and everything. And as the years went on, and we got more talented and you know, we got better and better recruits and everything. The, the uh, attendance went up at games and we got a new stadium and all this stuff. So, um, yeah, the popularity of the baseball team definitely has gone up in the past, like, three or four years just because we've just gotten better and the talent they're recruiting and bringing in is just really good. So, uh, yeah, there's there's been plenty of times where we've had, you know, stadiums erupt and, and multi-thousand – person crowds and everything so it's a great time you have the time to pick up a fandom for you know the basketball football programs what was that did you like have the time you know as an athlete to become a pretty big fan of the the basketball and football programs or just kind of on the side oh uh no i mean (laughs) i like going to football games and basketball games and stuff but um i was just kind of focused on baseball under there and everything football games and basketball games were were really fun but uh yeah I was I don't know I haven't really watched very much football from Kansas State or basketball from Kansas State but I'll definitely be following the baseball team a lot yeah that makes a lot of sense I don't think you're missing much (laughs) (laughs) all right I'm done being salty um (laughs) so baseball it's always been you Kansas State VTech um you played some summer ball leagues I'm always curious like how that plays out because 2020 I think was just a goofy year for you um how did that play out and then what was like the difference between the good old Northwoods league and then going back down to South Florida well um 2020 was a little crazy you know COVID and everything went all crazy um I was I was planning to get drafted 
in 2020 and then it went to the five round draft mm-hmm. where that kind of sucked because all the scouts I was talking to had me going in rounds like six to eight. So as soon as five, as soon as five rounds came up, I was like, uh, it's going to be close. And, uh, I think it was the fifth round and the angels were between me and another kid and, uh, they took the other kid. So that, that was a little heartbreaking, but, you know, I got back up on the horse and, you know, started going, going back and training right away and everything. I started off in South Florida in June and I was there for like three or four weeks. And then I knew the competition was going to be a little bit better in the Northwoods since the Cape Cod league was shut down that year. Mm-hmm. So uh, I went up to the Northwoods for about a month and a half and I really enjoyed the experience and everything. And it was nice that uh, it wasn't a normal schedule up in the Northwoods where you travel 12 hours and you, you get two days off the whole summer or anything. We got one day off a week and the farthest you travel was like four hours. So it wasn't too bad. And, and Mankato was an awesome place to spend a summer. Yeah, I've heard really nice things about that. Yeah, the Northwoods Northwoods League is pretty good. Like, I think it's probably one of the more upper upper tier like leagues out there mm-hmm. for summer collegiate. I'm I mean I'm in Grand Rapids, so there's a Northwoods League down in Kalamazoo, and they travel oh, yeah. around. And so I'm sure that competition was good. Um, how did that differ from the Cape Cod in 2019? um cape cod you know the stereotypes true were like you know it's the best competition there is yeah. and everything and it was rough for me in in the cape because i was uh battling a pretty bad wrist and hand injury the whole time while i was there so i managed to get out of there batting like 235 but you know i definitely wasn't up to my full and best health and everything and it was a it was a little bit of a struggle for me and it was my first uh, summer of like legit summer ball and I went right into the Cape Cape. So <laughs> I kind of got thrown the fire a little bit, but you know, I managed to get through it and perform as best as I could and everything. And, you know, after going from the Cape Cod to like the Northwoods league, it was the competition definitely wasn't as you know good. And uh, I was also just more used to like the summer ball lifestyle and how it all works and everything. So it made it a lot easier for me there. Yeah, that transition. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, is it like the movie Summer Catch? Like, <laughs> I've never seen Summer you Catch. You haven't seen Summer just... Catch with Freddie Prince Jr.? It's based Jessica in Beale? Chatham, right? Yeah. It's based in Chatham. Yeah. Everybody would always talk about it when we were up in the Cape <laughs> and everything. And that movie was what, from like the 80s? <laughs> no, 90s. Early 2000s, I think. Really? Yeah, not the 80s. It's Freddie Prince, man. You probably don't know who that is. No. <laughs> Summer Catch, 2001. 2001. What were you, like four? Uh, three. <laughs> right. Did yeah. you say, wait, what's his last name? Freddie who? Freddie Prince Jr. Okay, okay. I don't know if I know him either, so... We're just yeah. these, we're these youngins out here. <laughs> yeah. I forget who yeah. I'm talking to here. Well, I'm always looking for new movies to watch, so maybe I'll have to watch it. It's it's one, if you're a baseball fan, it makes sense. The end line is, like, it's super cheesy. And, like, it's a love it's, story. It's, but yeah. it's a it, fun flick. It's a rom-com, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Jessica Biel's in it. Who's that? that? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to move past this. <laughs> Just give us an update when you watch Summer Catch and see if you liked it. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> um, so you were drafted and then you went to the ACL. Like you had like two weeks to prepare for that, like that window. What was that two weeks like? Was it like running around trying to get all of your ducks in a row or was it cool collective? Like, all right, I just, I'm going to take this time and like go play ball. What was that two week window? Well, you know, I definitely wanted to get training with wood and everything transitioning from college to a uh, professional and everything. thought about that. Yeah. Um, it wasn't too hectic. It was more like a time of, you know, I was just feeling really good because like I said, not too many people get drafted from my area. So a lot of people were asking me to like come talk to the kids and, you know, show my face at different areas and be on broadcasts and stuff like that. So it was, um, it was nice to kind of, you know, enjoy that and everything, but it wasn't too hectic. I, I enjoyed the experience. And then I was pretty confident and ready when we got down to Arizona and uh, they transitioned us into it real, real slow. So it's not like we were thrown in the fire or anything. So yeah, it was a good time. And so besides that bat transition, what other differences really stood out to you once you got on the field? I think, um, you know, going from like big 12 facilities and, big 12 locker rooms and uh you know getting so much gear on a daily basis and everything like transitioning to you know the azl where you have holes in your pants and you know you get like a t-shirt and a pair of shorts and that's about it and uh you get to the field and this you know the old chain link fences again and everything like that it's just a big transition from like you know get, living living in luxury to you know, getting back to like the minor league lifestyle and just, you know, uh, I guess like as you move up levels, they, the fields probably get nicer and the, the equipment and, you know, the benefits and everything. But uh, that was definitely a big transition because our home field at Kansas State is our locker rooms got to be like top five nicest in the NCAA and um, our field's awesome. It's all turf and everything. And it was just that was probably just a little little bit of a transition. Speaking of of fields, do you know which field you will be calling home this season, or has that not quite come up yet? It hasn't come up yet. Um, I don't think we find out until we get to the spring training. Um, I'd like to know, you know, but uh, <laughs> it's it's probably. Fresno or Spokane, uh, one of the two, but um, I'm not quite sure on the exact location yet. Okay. Yeah. If you, if it's, if it ends up being Fresno, just, you know, be ready for that, that dry heat. That's what we've heard a lot about. Yes. A lot of sweating, <laughs> a lot of phones yeah. overheating. <laughs> yeah. We were interviewing <laughs> Sam Weatherly and in the middle of it, he was outside under an umbrella. It's like 9 a.m. in the morning and he, his phone overheated on him and he had to go go inside and reset it yeah the Fresno he's a little different um but yeah so playing ball down there at the AZL like you just kind of dominated and you made that transition to wood bat pretty well 
um, I'm going to say your stats. I'm going to brag for you a little bit. Uh, 395 batting average, an OPS of 993 with only with three walks and only six Ks. And then you had a double, triple, and a homer. Um, and you're fast. I don't, people need to know you are fast. You had eight stolen bases. Uh, like, were you just feeling it, man? Like, I'm ready for this. Let's, let's, let's fucking go type thing. Like, was that it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like, um, you know, it always seems like when you get put into a new team and a new environment, you know, you got something to kind of prove, you know, like uh, there's a lot of really talented outfielders in the Rockies organization right now. And a lot of talented outfield prospects. And, you know, I, I was a big fish at Kansas state, you know, and then I'm just thrown back. Now I'm a little fish in a bigger pond and everything. So, you know, I was just, I wasn't taking an AB off because, you know, like I said, we got other outfielders, so uh, ops are going to be somewhat limited and everything. Um, so I was just really, really locked in on each AB and didn't take a single pitch for granted and just really focused up and just tried to do my absolute best. And uh, when I played like that, all, all the things just really came together. Speaking of the, the outfield talent, you got to share – you know, the draft class and the ACL team with, with Benny Montgomery, what, what can you, what insights can you offer about him? Um, he's definitely a talented kid for sure. Young. Um, he'll, he'll definitely develop into a good player over the next couple of years and everything. He's real toolsy, you know, a tall, tall, lengthy, skinny kid, but really, really a lot of hidden power in there, whippy and everything. And, just a five tools kid. So uh, he'll develop over the next couple of years. He'll be a good prospect for the Rockies. That's, that's pretty much all <laughs> I can really think of about Benny for sure. Did you guys can, obviously you guys weren't quite from the same areas. I think you, your towns are a couple hours apart. Did you guys connect though on that Pennsylvania bringing it all? Yeah, we, uh, yeah, we talked a lot about just like Pennsylvania and stuff and, a lot of his lingo he was talking about, like <laughs> saying like pop instead of soda and different things like that. We kind of got along and everybody else would be like, what'd you say? And I'd be like, nah, it's just a Pennsylvania thing. And <laughs> everything. Plus, you know, we're, yeah, you, you share the same home state and there's not too many guys from Pennsylvania who get picked up in the draft. So it, it definitely gives you a little bit to relate together. Yeah, but that's pretty fun. Um, you got to play with some rehab big leaguers, uh, like Daza, Yassine, Walker, uh, Sheffield, Lindsay. Did you pick anything up from them? Are you like one of those guys that like is asking those guys questions or are you just kind of watching them do their thing? Uh, yeah. Um, it's definitely a cool experience and everything. I think I got a few, uh, extra live ABs off Sheffield just during practice and everything. He's pretty nasty. Yeah, like he's got a hard slider, um, you know, good life to his fastball and everything. Uh, he's a really good dude, though. Um, Daza, when he was there, uh, I would just, you know, we'd hang out a little bit. We'd talk a little bit. Um, I think the biggest takeaway I got from Daza was just how he plays the game in the field. Like, if you watch him, he, like, does not stop moving the whole time and he's always just talking locked in moving around thinking 
you know, backing up everybody. Like it's definitely a very professional kind of mindset and everything. Like he doesn't take a playoff. And uh, you can tell by the way he just kind of walks the plate and everything that, you know, he's a big leaguer and he's just been there plenty of times and just feels completely confident and loose and relaxed when he's up there. And I try to model myself like that a little bit too. So are we going to see you with that hair anytime soon? You're going to grow it out and go Daza hair on us? No, nah, if I grew out my hair, it'd just be like a cue ball. Or just fluff up, <laughs> perm up. Yeah, yeah. I like my high and tight because no other haircuts really look good on me. Yeah, that's definitely a good guy to be taking some outfield tips from, though. You know, he's in the Rockies organization of the last, you know, handful of years. He's easily the best guy out there. Just his instincts are off the charts. Like, always looks like he knows exactly what he's doing, which, you know, you guys are pros, but he he's just on that next level, so – I think that's kind of an underrated experience to get to talk to, you know, a defensive wizard like Daza. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, he's a good dude, too. Like, you think a lot of big leaguers would just, like, not really want to talk to, you know, the young minor league guys or care about them or anything. But he was super vocal the whole time, just was trying to help us out the whole time, like, was open to any questions and really just was – super laid back and cool and like just act like he was just on the same level as us, which I really respected. And that was really cool for him. That kind of stuff goes a long way. I mean, I think I keep repeating that, but like, I just, when you feel welcome and you feel like at home and feel like you belong, like it goes a long way, like on just personal level and then on the field level, I'm sure. It's cool to hear like these guys are good dudes. I always like to hear that. That's cool. Um, what are you working on like right now? So what's kind of something that you're working on as a ball player as you prepare for spring training coming up? Um, I'm a pretty routine oriented person uh, when it comes to, you know, developing myself. I kind of have my few things that I do that I just stick with and I don't really like to stray too far from. Um, usually I'll just, you know, take like 10 swings off the tee to get loose every day and then I'll set the machine up for just you know like a above average fastball and uh, just try to hammer that as much as I can add a little bit of movement to it some cut to it sometimes um, and I just you know hit till I feel good each day and then uh, in the weight room I'm just trying to put on as much like lean body mass and weight and not weight but like muscle weight I can mm -hmm before the season starts because it'll be my first season in the minor leagues and I'm sure I'll probably lose about 15 pounds from the start to the end. So I don't want to be turning around yeah. in the, in uh, September and be looking like a twig. So <laughs> um, I'm just putting on what I can there and just trying to get as, you know, big and strong as possible. Yeah. So from the perspective of your development, how important are, are analytics for you? I know in the college game that, the prevalence of them is, is definitely rising, but obviously once you get to pro ball, you're going to be exposed to them. So do you kind of involve yourself with analytics or just kind of take some lessons occasionally? Um, yeah, I'm not a huge analytics guy, to be honest with you. Um, you know, we work a lot with analytics, like blast motion, rap soto, hit tracks, all these different things. Um, 
but you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna really base my performance off of, you know, if I had this exit velo or this rotational acceleration or anything like that. Um, I just really focus on, you know, what I do game to game and everything. And did I succeed? Did I get the jobs done? Did I help my team win? Uh, you know, did I put the barrel on the ball at least, even if it's an out and just different things like that. I don't really like to get too like technical and uh, look into the analytics as that much. Cause for me, like too much sensory overload will stress me out and everything. I just kind of just, like stick to my routine of just hitting fastballs off the machine and going in the game and competing. Yeah. I think there's a lot with baseball, obviously, you know, it's a, it's a tool that can offer you some value, but I think, as you mentioned, the sensory overload for some guys can, can really be a, a big deal. And you try to, you know, take too much from advanced scouting or something like that. And then, you know, you're, you're playing chess while it's, you're, you know, everyone else is playing checkers and just doesn't really work out so well. Yeah. Like, um, like I said, I get, I, I'm bad with numbers <laughs> as it is, you know, but <laughs> I think the more I focus on them, the more I try to, you know, think about them, the worse I do because it's a simple game. If you think about it, you know, you just, put the barrel on the ball and that's all your job is to do. And then the rest really is out of your control. So no amount of, you know, technology or numbers or anything can really tell you how to just compete the right way and just find a way to get the job done. Yeah. And it, that seems to be working for you. So <laughs> like, don't change anything <laughs> up, right? Like you yeah, got a routine. To. Yeah. So yeah, that's, yeah, I like hearing that that side of things too, because I mean, analytics is all the rage, right? So, like, what do you do with it? And sometimes it works for people, and sometimes it doesn't. So, yeah, yeah. I think that analytics is like a great way to, you know, see the projectability of a kid and a prospect, and you know, learn a little bit about yourself and some things you might need to try to work on and everything. But like I said, you just got to kind of throw that all out the window when it comes into the game, you know, because it's just you versus the ball at that point. Right. And if you're trying to focus on like, oh, I need to hit this certain way or swing this certain way or take a different path to the ball and everything, it's just way too hard to try to do that in game. You know, you just got to pretty much see the ball, hit the ball. Right. You don't have enough time to think all the way through all that. Like you have know what you're expecting you're going to try to execute what you need to do and that's all you have time for so yeah i mean it makes sense it makes sense yeah. i dig that um all right we won't take up too much of your time anymore of your time we appreciate you hanging out with us but we always like to end our banter sessions with some fun questions um kind of get to know you um usually you see these on college websites uh k-state did not ask you um i didn't bother looking at vtech um which is yeah. sounds like good like a good idea <laughs> um but so just three three quick questions uh what's your like favorite game day go-to meal oh i got my meal um <laughs> about an hour for well probably like four hours for the game i definitely need to get a coffee in me because i don't like energy drinks because they make me too amped and i don't, can't just have water because i can lose focus as the time goes on so I like to get my coffee in me, and then about 45 minutes before the game, I get a PB&J in me. 
And I feel like that's kind of my superstition, lucky thing I go to. Okay, so I have two questions, two follow-up questions. Are you a Starbucks guy or are you like a local brew shop guy? <laughs> I drink it all, whatever. Okay. As long as there's caffeine in it, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll drink it. But can't go wrong with Starbucks. No, you can't. Um, second question, peanut butter jelly, are you putting smooth peanut butter or crunchy <laughs> peanut butter? Whatever the spread has. <laughs> uh, if I had a preference, I'm, I'm a... I'm a smooth peanut butter guy. I don't really like the chunky ones. Man, I'm slowly realizing I'm like an oddball with that. <laughs> Man. Yeah, no, not a fan of the chunks. No, thank you. Nah, I guess showing my age again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your uh, favorite music on game days? Like anything that gets you in the zone? And then what are you listening to outside of game days? Well, uh, in the years past, I would listen to like, you know, like, like hard rap, stuff like that to kind of get me locked in and everything. But this year I've kind of just been listening to, you know, like vibey music, like, like laid back, chill music that just, you know, makes me feel good, makes me feel relaxed and everything. And um, it's, it's working, I guess. So I'm probably stick with the with the chill vibey music, you know, the uh, slow EDM or, you know, the, the vibey rap music and stuff like that. I don't know if you have Spotify or not, but do you, like, if you do, or if you don't like, who would you say your top artist is these days? Whew. I do not have Spotify. My top artists. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I really haven't been listening to that much music lately, as weird as it sounds. Um, let me check. Let me check my Apple Music real quick. Okay. Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. Kevin Gates, for sure. Okay. okay. Kevin Gates is pretty good. I think yeah. yeah. For for a lot of guys, that's a, that's a pretty pot. Like I've definitely heard a few Kevin Gates walk ups at at Coors Field. Definitely a get in the zone kind of deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm uh I'm still trying to think of potential walk up for this year. So uh if you guys got any ideas, feel free to shoot it my way. I dig the intro uh to childish Gambino's bonfire. Like there's a it's like a siren. I don't, I don't know if I know that one. So bonfire uh by childish. It's the intro just like okay, and then he just goes hard for about three minutes. It's not like your typical childish game, you know, it's early childish. Well, my, my nickname is Coco. So I'm thinking about Coco by OT Genesis. That could be okay. a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, that'd be a good one, huh? <laughs> I, it'd be pretty funny for sure. <laughs> and fitting too, fitting for you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put the BSB stamp of approval on that one for sure. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, last question, probably my favorite question. Um, what's your favorite like baseball memory for you? Like personal and it's completely okay to be selfish when you answer this. Um, like a time that you just dominated on the field or like that team, the team just did something really cool. Just like your favorite baseball memory. Hmm. I would say uh, when we walked off TCU, this year at home on senior night 
that was awesome. We uh, we were down by four in the bottom of the ninth, and they TCU put in there like a magician of a closer who like has given up like <laughs> one run the entire year, and the first batter of our inning got out, so hopes weren't looking too high, and then we just went like base hit, base hit, base hit, base hit, till eventually you know we. We tied it up, and then I got up, and I got a single two with two outs. And then uh, Chris Tobias comes up next day, be first pitch, and has a walk off bomb to left left field. And we all mobbed and dogpiled and threw Gatorade on on ourselves. And that was, that was an awesome experience. That uh, that was one of the funnest games I've ever played in, if not the funnest. <laughs> yeah, I just got goosebumps. That's on. Awesome. That sounds incredible. Like that. Yeah. Oh, man. That sounds like the, the whole team, like the dugout's probably going crazy. And yeah. Just every on the toes. And there's like, a like, there's a video on YouTube. You got to look it up right after this. Look up uh, K-State versus TCU baseball. It should be like a 19 minute video. And some guy just recorded the whole ninth uh-huh. inning or the bottom of the ninth, just everything that happened. And it shows you the whole uh, series of events. And it's it's you gotta watch it. I watch it all the time still, and it's it happened like over six months ago. There's just I, something different about walk-offs that. and the whole build-up to a walk-off. Like, I think it's one of the just the the wonders of the world. <laughs> so that, yeah. that definitely sounds like something we got to do right right in a couple minutes. Yeah, and it's it was awesome that you know our most super senior we had chris tobias you know he walked it off on senior night oh yeah. so uh it couldn't have couldn't have ended better than that for sure was it a semifinal game that was our uh that was our last uh home game of the year okay and then we went to the big 12 tournament a couple of days after that okay I think I found it. I think I have it revved up as we end the. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely watching that before I go to sleep here. Oh yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Let's go. I love that. And TCU and K State have bad blood at all. We did that like, year a little bit yeah. because we played each other like six times. We played mm-hmm. each other six times that year because we had three games set, and then our first game in. Uh, Bricktown, where you have the Big 12 tournament, we played TCU, and then later in the tournament, we had to be beat TCU twice in a row to make it to the championship. We beat them in the first game, and then we lost in the second game. But yeah, we we just played them so many times. Where <laughs> by the time we were like five games in, we just were having beef with each other for sure. <laughs> I love that about college baseball, like just that that college rivalry the college back and forth like it's just fun it makes it makes it fun to watch as a fan like yeah. I'm actually I'm really stoked to go watch this highlight right now <laughs> yeah you're gonna have fun with it yeah uh Zach appreciate you hanging out with us talking ball um pretty stoked for you your first first professional season I'm sure you can't ready can't wait to get out there when you headed out uh first day of our report date is March 4th. So I think uh, day one of workouts is March 6th. So 
I'm sure we'll have to get there, do like the COVID test, quarantine for like two days and then get right back into it. And then I think first minor league game is like April 8th or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll be there for about a month and just ramp up and get get the eyes locked back in, get back in full swing with playing baseball every day and then have a great season after that. Yeah, and just go dominate, man. Yeah, go yeah. go kill some shit. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll be watching. We'll keep in touch and um, we'll check in on you. And just again, thanks for hanging out, talking ball and go do cool things, man. Appreciate thanks. it. Appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. yeah. Take care, Zach. Thanks, Zach. Thank you, Thank you for watching and listening. Please check out our link tree for more content.